Hey there, everyone. This is Pastor Ryan from Mountain View. I just wanted to take a quick second and thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. We we hope that this message just fills your soul. It fills your heart. Uh, we pray that this message impacts your life in some way, shape, or form, and the gospel just changes you. So thank you so much for tuning in for the Mountain View podcast. We hope you enjoy. So uh, I know you all know this, but the Giving Tree is this Wednesday. So, right? And so, I wasn't in here to hear the number. Christine, can you remind me of the number of kids? 363 kids registered for the Giving Tree. That's outrageous. That's a lot of kids, isn't it? Um, And when I say outrageous, I mean a good outrageous, because we get to love them and serve them and give gifts to them or to their families, right? So uh, in doing that, uh, there have been uh, so many people that have helped with that and doing stuff with that. You know, like all the, the high school seniors, did you know that they've been serving behind the scenes with that and selling tickets? And I have seniors on my list, but I needed to make sure it was the high school seniors and not like the senior. Yeah, so pretty cool. Uh, and then you got Sky Valley Crafters, uh, the Visitor Center, uh, Romac, VOA, and of course Christine's leading that whole charge. And this morning, all of a sudden, Sabrina and Riley came in with all these presents that they collected. And Savannah. (laughs) And Robbie. (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. You're so cute. Okay. Uh, And so in this, they were given a bunch of stuff from uh, Stony Creek, which is that place over by Safeway with the horse in front of it? Huh? The horse's name is Tank. See, Hank. Okay. (laughs) Uh, uh, So I used to have this. Okay. So back in the day, uh, there was this, we had this big paint that we call Bronk. He was the biggest horse I'd ever seen, and I worked with thoroughbreds. And so as soon as you said tank, I thought of Bronk. It was this brown and white paint, beautiful horse. And and whenever we go in the mountains, you just grab hold of his mane and just not let go, because he was was like a tank. Okay, focus. Uh, So all those people did amazing things and continue to do stuff. Uh, and so I just want to make sure that that those people in sp- specifically got thanked because that's super awesome and super amazing. Would you just give them a hand, please? And then, of course, Christine, uh, I know she mentioned this, that, that uh, Wednesday night all volunteers show up at 6 o'clock. And uh, the event starts at 7. So be here at 6 o'clock. You should always be here before your guests are here. So uh, just be praying over it. If you haven't signed up to serve, we'd love for you to serve and be a part of that. Right, Christine? 
Yes. Uh, so uh, let's let's uh, pray. Father God, you are so gracious and kind to us. I thank you for your word that that through it we uh, can grow closer to you and and know you better. I thank you that, God, you speak to us through your word. I thank you that you change us through your word. I thank you that you draw us near to you through your word. And so this morning... Uh, we lift up our hearts and ask that you'd have your way through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, so... Let me help you find more information on that. Uh, okay, so uh, so we started this series called Mercy in the Mess, right? And, uh, and we wanted to go through uh, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Now, when we look at Isaiah, and Pastor Ryan, uh, I was listening to his message. Uh, if you haven't listened to it from last week... Uh, it's a great, he did such a great job. It's uh, really, uh, I would encourage you to listen to it. Uh, so, um, so they were in a pretty rough time. Uh, things were upside down. It was a big mess. And in the midst of this mess, Isaiah, this guy that hears from God, call him a prophet, uh, prophesied, and, and Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 was part of this. Now, what's interesting about Isaiah is that Isaiah was written 700 years before the birth of Christ. And so when we look at, at Isaiah, we see this foretelling, right? So that, that God is using Isaiah to uh, say, hey, uh, hope is coming, uh, there, there's mercy in the middle of this mess that we're facing of life. Hope is coming. And, uh, and in Isaiah, what's interesting, not only was it written 700 years before Jesus, uh, but uh, salvation is mentioned 26 or 27 times. And so we see this over and over again. Uh, not only that, but even in Isaiah, in Isaiah we see how, uh, how the Messiah uh, would be born of a virgin. And all these different things, all these different elements foretelling God's plan to bring mercy in the middle of our mess. Now when we see this... Uh, we're like, okay, yeah, that's great. You know, we look at it, we see all these prophecies. These prophecies are, are quite remarkable. Just eight, just eight prophecies about Jesus, which are far more than eight uh, in the Old Testament. Just eight of them uh, to come true would be 10 to the, 
I think it's 15th power, 1 in 10 to the 15th power. So that's 15 zeros. So the likelihood of just these eight is unheard of. And, and even, even you could say it's even impossible. But, but that's just eight. And so when we look at this, this verse in Isaiah, it, it starts with this, uh, for unto us, for unto us, I mean, that's just, a, that's just the beginning of this verse, and it, it automatically just jumps into who it's for. It's for us. Okay, so unto us. So all humanity, all the world. And in fact, we should, we should then go from there for unto us. I immediately jump. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. For unto us a child is born. A child is born? So just a child, a child is born. And then we look at this idea and this mentality that, that this child would change all of eternity. This child. For unto us a child is born, a son is given. A son is given? A child is born, a son is given. So, so in the middle of my mess, in the middle of everything that I'm facing, right in the middle of this, God brings his mercy. And he, he brings his mercy through his son, through a child. How does he bring mercy through a son, through a child? And we see this, that, that God, Emmanuel, God with us. God, God decided that the only way to fix the mess was by perfection. And he, he knew that we could never be perfect. That we couldn't be moral enough, we couldn't be good enough to earn a right relationship with them. For unto us, a son, a child is given, a child is born, a son is given. When we see that idea, that mentality, God with us, God for us, is that mentality. So God stepped out of heaven. And became a part of his very creation. Why? So we could know him. So that we could call on him. So that we could have mercy in our mess. For unto us a son, a child is born, a son is given. The government will be on his shoulders. So he establishes a new kingdom, a new way of thinking. He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. All governments submit to his authority. He is the king. The government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called... You know, it's interesting about a name. I mean, if you turn your Bibles to Matthew, uh, Matthew chapter 1. 
So Matthew chapter 1 is, is this uh, engagement of Mary and Joseph telling them what's going on. Mary's going to have a baby. She goes, what? I can't have a baby. I'm a virgin. And the angel explains it to her. He says, you know, whatever. God, God can do all things with God. It's possible. The impossible is possible. And that's what we're reading this story. It's utterly impossible. The only way that any of this happens, the only way that any of this is accomplished is if God himself accomplishes it. It's beyond our ability. It's beyond our strength. It's beyond our power. It's beyond our hope. For unto us a child is born, a son is given, and he will be called. Matthew chapter 1. Verse 21. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. Because he will save his people from their sins. And verse 22, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord said through the prophet. prophet. The virgin will be with the child and he will give birth to a son. Oh, excuse me. Uh, the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And he will be called. It's interesting names, right? When we see the name Jesus. We see the Yeshua, how it's pronounced, right? How the Hebrews would say, Joshua who saves, Jesus who saves. See Emmanuel, God with us. That God is with us, that he walks through stuff with us. Name, interesting names, right? And, and, and when we look at Isaiah 9-6, we see this idea continuing. He will be called, right? It's not, it's not the name that he walks with, but this is, uh, demonstrates who he is, right? He will be called Wonderful. Wonderful, comma, counselor, comma, mighty God, comma, everlasting father, comma, prince of peace. Now when we look at all those, we see this idea of mercy in the mess. He'll be called wonderful. Wait, what does that mean? Full of wonder, full of awe. It's like when, when the sun sets and you see that red hue. You go, oh, that's beautiful. Wonderful. 
It's, it's, like, it's like when you, when you lo load uh, images from your NASA page and you see the Milky Way and you go, wow, it's so great and vast. Can't even see the earth in the midst of the Milky Way. And then you, you, you get even farther out and you see different pictures of the universe. You go, wow. When you hear that there's, there's over 100 billion stars, you, you see that idea. Wow. Wonder. Wonderful. Immediately, this child is this. We call it counselor. <laughs> one, one that has wisdom, right? Uh, and, uh, one that uh, advises counselor immediately my mind goes to James 1 she talks about if any of you lack wisdom you should seek God and ask who gives abundantly and then you should act in faith as if he's given wow wonderful counselor so it's not just wisdom but it's greater than any of our wisdom and from time to time, I meet with all kinds of people going through all kinds of stuff. And they're like, Pastor, what should I do? And sometimes I'm like, uh, I don't know. Because there's a limit to my advice. There's a limit to my wisdom. But God has no limit to his wisdom. Wonderful counselor. Mighty God. Now, this morning, I'm going to hang on mighty God. This word is El Gabor, which means God hero. And now, we, as we read through the Old Testament, we see this idea of El Gabor, right? We see this guy named Gideon uh, who, who is hiding, uh, threshing wheat, while his nation was attacked over and over and over and over again. While, while the entire nation went into the caves and hid. And God chooses what the Bible says is the weakest of the weakest. It's named Gideon. God says, I'm going to use you. Then he takes Gideon, and Gideon amounts it insurmountable army and God says that's too many so the army dwindles he's like okay I can still do this and God says that's too many and the army dwindles he's like I can still do this God says that's too many and he's left with 300 going into battle where they were outnumbered 300 to 1. Impossible. Outrageous. This El Gabor was labeled onto Gideon. Because it wasn't him that fought that battle. It was God that fought that battle. See, God is the hero. And we see this throughout scripture over and over again. We see all these great people that God used. But really it's not about the people. 
We want it to be, right? We want it to be because then I want to be the hero. But God is always the hero. See, all throughout Scripture, God is the focal point. And see, we see this occasion, this foretelling of this Messiah that would come. And he would be mighty God. Now, what does that mean? What does that look like? When I hear that, when I hear this idea, it means, it means that this child was going to be labeled wonderful, counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, which I'll talk about next week. But just that first part, everlasting, what's everlasting? I immediately think of that uh, that. Christmas show where the guy stuck his tongue on the frozen pipe. What's that called? A Christmas story. Everlasting gobstoppers. I don't even know what it is. Uh, Never ends, right? You ever have one of those? Those giant, uh, yeah, so awesome. Okay, focus. Everlasting Father. There is no beginning to know it end with that. And so we see this picture, right, of Jesus, the Messiah, immediately as a child, he's labeled these things. And John 1, 1 says this, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was God, with God, the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Who's that talking about? Jesus. So what does this mean, these, these things that they call this child? First thing is this, is that Jesus immediately was fully human. Just like you and me, he was born in a mess to a teenage mom in a world that wanted to to destroy him. Right? We see this with Herod who came in killing every child within that age. Slaughtering him. He was in a mess. Fully man. And then we see this other part of him. So not only was Jesus is Jesus fully man but he's fully God. I mean, you hear all these stories. I have friends that even say this. Oh, Jesus is a good teacher. He was a good leader. But that's all he was. Was he? What does he say he was? In John 10.10, we see Jesus saying, I and the Father are one. So Jesus himself saying, I'm God. Because no, no person would ever say that. He's talking about the Father, and the Father is God. That's how he was addressing him. And he, not only is he talking about the Father who's God, but he's saying we're one. The audacity that he would have. Fully God, fully man in this child. For unto us a child is born... A son is given. 
the government will be on his shoulders. He will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So when we look at this idea and this mentality that in the midst of this, in the midst of everything that they were facing, we see this child that would grow into a sinless, would live a sinless life, fully God, fully man, who would hang on the cross for what you and I deserve, overcome the grave so that we could have life with him, so that we could receive mercy in our mess. So what do we do with this? Where do we go from there? when we see Jesus as mighty God what does that mean so Jesus is fully God Jesus is fully man Jesus is declared as mighty God so let's take us back to John 1 1 in the beginning before anything was before anything existed, Jesus was. And here's what's so amazing, that at the word, all creation was created, spoke, stars, planets, the entire universe, just at a word, was created. So when we see this phrase, mighty God, we should be reminded that God has a plan and that God has the power to enact that plan and nothing can stop it. Now back to Herod. The, the wise men come in and they say this guy is, this child is going to be the new king. And this child was a toddler. And they point out where he's going to be. And, and Herod was so threatened by this child that he would do anything to remove him. And he did. See, Herod's plan was to remain in power, to always have power to be the most powerful. But God's plan was to take this humble little child who's fully God and fully man and restore something, restore a relationship that's broken. So this morning, I have some questions for you. <laughs> oh my goodness. What kind of mess are you in? What is it that you're facing?
when we look at that, we must have to ask this question. Where am I with God? Where am I with him? And we have to be honest about this question. What is separating me from him? What is keeping me apart from him? The Bible says that sin separates us from God. And so it's more than a mess, it's a disease. And that mess, that disease is spread through pride. <laughs> and that pride is saying that I'm greater, that I could do this, that I could handle it on my own. And God calls us to something different. Called to say that he's mighty God. That he's greater. That I can't do it on my own. That I need him. You see, the declaration of mighty God has to come with the de declaration of submission to God. If we could save ourselves, we wouldn't need God. So God designed us to submit to him. So that's the first question. The second question is this. What are you facing? You hear this idea that, that God is Emmanuel, God with us. What is it that your situation is facing that you look at and go, wow, that's impossible With God, nothing's impossible. I, I uh, the other day we were in the big box store. Do you know where this store is? So, uh, I love the big box store because it's got like cheap food, wind, random stuff, wind. Uh, it's awesome. I love it. So I, so I go there and I take Emmett and Rayma with me. They're the two youngers. Uh, and so I don't like going to stores with my kids because they're in that stage. Well, no, are you still in the stage? Probably. Okay. Uh, they're in that stage where they walk through the store with you and they're like, can I have this? Can I, can I have this? And I'm like, no, quit asking me. But they usually follow up, can I have this with what? No, sometimes, but not that. Why? If I say no, they say why. Right? I like so so it's going really well, you know. Dad, can I have this? No. Why? Well, you don't need it. Okay, God, I'm working it. I'm working it right. Then at the end, there was this corner of the big box store, the front corner that I purposely didn't go through when we first went in because I wanted to close it off with that because I was just curious. You want to make sure that you're not missing anything. So I go over there and I walk through this and this corner is the Christmas section. 
So they have their Christmas trees. They have their shovels, snow shovels. They have their sleds. They have their all kinds of fun stuff, right? And I'm walking through, and I'm like, oh, okay, wow, this is awesome. And Emmett and Raymond are like, oh, wow, this is the best. We walk by the sleds, and they immediately go, can I have a sled? And not only just can I have a sled, Dad, we need a sled. You know, back in my day, we'd take a trash bag and we'd sit in it, on it or in it, and slide down the hill. That's, that's old school right there. Find any piece of anything that you can sit on and slide down. And Emma and Rainbow are like, Dad, can we have it? I, and, and, it and I'm like, no, there's no snow. Right? And so I think, I'm thinking, I'm winning with this no snow thing. Right? I'm winning with it. Because you can't argue with that. Can you? Then Emmett goes like this. He goes, Dad? I go, yes. He goes, well, there's going to be snow. And I said, well, let's see. Nothing on the radar. Nope, no snow. We don't need a sled. Right? He goes, nope, Dad. I prayed. I asked Jesus for snow, and he's going to give it to me on Christmas Day. See, last year he prayed for snow, and we got snow, right? And I'm like, oh, I don't know what to say. Just get in the car. <laughs> So that, that was my go-to answer. And I, I just, I, I think it's sweet, and I'm interested to see what happens and what I'm going to walk my son through, uh, this process uh, uh, of just believing God for different things, right? Because it's just crazy, right? Snow on Christmas, every kid's dream. But he was so firm and his belief on it, I asked God, why wouldn't he give it to me? I, I wonder, I wonder how many times we approach God in such a casual manner that we forget how mighty he is. I mean, that phrase, mighty God, is purposely put there that God not only has a plan, but he has the power to accomplish that plan. And not only does he have the power to accomplish that plan, but he's faithful to do so. So I wonder, what is it that you've been waiting for God to do in your heart? 
What is it that you've been waiting for God to do in your life? What is it that you've been waiting to give up, to surrender to God? See, when we come to Christmas, it should remind us of who God is. You see, God is wonderful. God is counselor. God is mighty God. God is, Jesus is the same God that calmed the raging sea, that raised the dead to life, that healed those that were possessed, that, that, that gave eyes or sight to the blind, that made the broken walk again. Jesus is this God who even though we don't deserve, he brings mercy to our mess. And so as you prepare for whatever you're preparing for, my hope, my prayer is that you would reflect a mighty God that there is nothing that you face that he's not bigger than. There's nothing that you are afraid of that he's not stronger than. There is no addiction that he cannot overcome. There's no anger or hatred that he cannot resolve. He is mighty God and he is the one we turn to to fight our battles because he's big he's strong and he's great and when we hear that word mighty God honestly it should bring us back to a sense of awe I mean, if you consider all the, just the messengers that God sent, what did, he, what did they say to the people? Do not fear. Why? Because of their greatness. Now that's just an agent of God. God is so great and mighty, there should be a sense of fear. God is so great and mighty, there should be a sense of reverence and awe. For unto us a child is born, a son is given. The government will be on his shoulders. He will be called... Wonderful.
counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So just take a moment just to bow your heads with me, please. What is it that you're facing? <laughs> 